When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Doherty of A to Z Sports and Sean Smith of On the Forecheck. We are right in the dog days of May. <laughs> uh, hockey season for the Nashville Predators is obviously over. Um, the playoffs are still going on. We're about to enter what the conference final season and uh, watch just a little bit of that stuff. But uh, we're going to still keep this this uh, train rolling through the summer. Talk Preds all summer long. Lots of things should be happening. There's lots of, uh, boy, a lot of things to do with this team uh, in terms of how to fix things going forward. But, uh, Sean, we're going to try to, you know, keep the train alive, so, so to speak. Yeah, you got you to keep the train rolling. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that the uh, – it's really, it's really weird. I think we touched on this, this last week. But the playoffs are still going on. And – very you much think so. that as as much as uh, as much as we've been invested in hockey, that it would be an every night type of situation. But um, you know, it's it's like I find myself getting up and getting to about noon in the day and thinking like, oh, I need to I need to check Twitter and seeing that like a mm-hmm. a hockey game happened the night before, and I go, oh, hockey that I used to watch hockey a long time ago. Um, really, I... just look on it with some fond memories. It's crazy. I have watched, I've watched probably, I've watched probably 25% of the Avs Blues series. I've watched like maybe one and a half games or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I watched, uh, I watched the, the Lightning beat, the, like the, the last game where the Lightning beat the Panthers. I have not watched a single second of the rain. I did not watch a single second of the Rangers Canes series, which is now going to seven games, which I might watch that on, on Monday. That sounds cool. Uh, all that's to say, I have not watched a lot of these playoffs. Um, the abs blues series was the only one that really intrigued me. I, the Oilers Oilers flames did, but now the Oilers have moved on. So the, the Western conference final, if it's abs, well, it will be, it'll be abs and Oilers, right? Yeah. That's going to be good. I'm going to, that's entertaining. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid. That's that's going to be a good one. Um, the other side of it, Tampa and whoever they play, it's just, I mean, Tampa's going to roll. So I'm not really interested in that. But maybe, maybe maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe maybe New York comes out on top. That'd be Tam- fun. Tampa's had like two weeks off since they won that yeah. series, it seems yeah. like. I- Tampa's going to roll into the Stanley Cup final like rested and yeah. having faced a, a to face a either a Avalanche or Oilers team that have just been through the ringer in the Western conference and probably going to win their third straight cup. So they really have, I'm, I'm telling you the, uh, <laughs> Ooh, that was, uh, the battle of Alberta was pretty intense. That was and pretty intense. Yeah. That was pretty, the, cool. the abs didn't have as easy of a time as I thought. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I go back and said, you know, look, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Florida Panthers were going to win this whole thing to have them, you know, kind of get bounced in short order. 
Um, and I really put put my 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 betting money, not that I have any, but mm-hmm. kind of said, look, I, I feel like after watching that first round, Colorado is the uh, is the team to beat here now. But man, I, I wasn't as impressed with them against St. Louis. In the like you said, I probably watched about as much as you did about a game and a half, and I don't know that it was any one full game, but I saw several periods of hockey, and it wasn't as impressive as it was against the Predators. Yeah. Um, but Tampa Bay, I mean, come on, guys, short order there of of a what I thought to be a very strong Panthers team. So I don't know. It could be really interesting. Uh, you're going to have to have something in the tank when you get there, if you're going to do anything with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So um, also just real quick, shout out to the Milwaukee admirals. They, uh, they are now done with their season. They got, they lost in five games, no, in four games to the Chicago wolves. So they're done. They were, uh, they had a really good first series against the moose, but then uh, now they're, they're out of it. I guess Chicago's, I, I I do not keep up with the AHL like like some people do, but as I understand it, the Chicago Wolves roster is just like leagues above everyone else. So yep, going to assume that the Milwaukee just ran into a buzzsaw, much like the Predators did. But um, so talking to the Predators, let's go ahead and move on to this because there's only a few things I want to hit on today. One is Philip Forsberg and the salary cap situation. Uh, I also want to just briefly touch on our offer sheets, um, RFA offer sheets, because, um, you know, there's a there's a possibility of that. And then uh, just some other minor RFA and UFA expirations for the Preds. But the first thing is Philip Forsberg. So um, one thing that's fun is whenever Cap Friendly, Cap Friendly is the website that is the best website to look at for hockey related salary cap information. NHL related salary cap information. Um, when they switch over from the year that just ended to the next year, when they make that switch, that's always fun because then you can finally see how things actually look. So they've yeah. done that. So they've now switched over 2022 to 2023 because the 21 22 season is actually officially over, even though the playoffs are still going on. They've all, all the players have been paid for their 2022 services. Um, for next year though, that is up. And right now the predators have 24,403,858 in cap space. Wow. Um, they are actually below the floor. That's, it's been a while since they've been below the, the cap floor. The cap floor is at 60 million. They're at 58. So they, they are below the cap floor. So like they have to sign somebody. <laughs> Yeah. They can't roll into the next next roster or next year with this roster, especially because they also only have 17 players signed. They've got to sign six more players at minimum to get to 23. Um, so the the predator situation is they've they've got a lot of uh, they've got to get a lot of ink on paper here for for the next season. And the biggest name is Philip Forsberg. Um, where do you stand right now on whether you think Philip Forsberg will will resign with I, I yeah I am trying to be optimistic and I, I don't and I say trying to be I don't necessarily mean that I have to wake up every day and, and take a long hard look in the mirror and convince myself that everything's gonna be fine. What what I mean is I have to operate under the assumption that and and I'll I've said this numerous times 
that Philip Forsberg wants to stay in Nashville. If we can believe what was said a while back about how the only thing that hasn't lined up is money, um, mm-hmm. which which would mean that any kind of movement clause has been agreed on, any kind of trade, any kind of clause has been something they've discussed, something they've agreed on, and something they're ready to move forward with as long as they can get the money right. And based on that, again, operating under the assumption that that is true, surely they can, you know, surely old man Poyle can go without one more ivory back scratcher to, uh, you know, find the money. <laughs> when you said ev- to- when you said every morning you wake up, I, I immediately thought of the Sugar Ray song. Oh, I, when I you, didn't realize. That, I thought you were going to be like, the, every morning there's a heartache hanging from my, my girlfriend's four-post bed or whatever it is. I didn't realize that, that Sugar Ray Leonard had a had a music career. but that's Sugar, Ray, Sugar Ray, the awful 90s band. Oh, sorry. I only, I only recognize the world champion boxer, Sugar Ray. Oh, Leonard. okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, every morning David Boyle wakes up and there's a heartache hanging from the corner of his bed. Uh, if anyone even knows what I'm talking about, uh, surely there's people out there that know the song. The sh- the every I, morning. I know the song. I was just being coy. Okay, sorry. got it. All right. <laughs> every morning. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. Yep, that's where everybody's tuning out, Alex. <laughs> right right there. That's, you did it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think... Okay, so... David Poyle, I, I really, I just continue to believe this, that I really do think he's going to pull out all stops. I think actually we could be in a situation where um, people are less complaining that he re-signed Philip Forsberg and more complaining that he overpaid. What a what a world to live in. I think that's, I think that's going to be the shift. Because, I, I mean, I just, I feel like they're going to do it. I think they're, they're I feel like they're going to do everything they can to re-sign him, give as yeah. much money as possible. And then the shift is going to be, well, they overpaid him. Like they're going to give him 10 million or something. And people are going to think they overpaid him. Uh, so I, I, perhaps not, perhaps, perhaps that's never been. And all of this is just a, a, a smoke screen by David Poyle. Cause he really wants to go sign, you know, Patrick line a or Johnny Goudreau, something like that. But I, I, I still think it's in the bag, or not in the bag. I still think it's in the in the cards. I think it's still possible, and they've obviously got the money twenty four million dollars in cap space. They could spend ten on Forsberg and has still have fourteen million left over. So it's not it's not impossible. Like they they got they got the cash to do it, and we know from the 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 the, the press conference, we know there is no budgetary restriction. Right. That was a that right. was a question. There was no there's no budgetary restriction coming from up from above. He can spend whatever he wants on improving this team. And I think that you know, we, we've talked too, and this this is a this is a Philip Forsberg focused discussion, but you know, there's it doesn't there's, have to be, but no, it, it has to be. <laughs> I've been I've been planning for this, I've been thinking about it, I've dreamed for about it, minutes. I've wept about it. I've gone through a range of emotions preparing for this, Alex, and, and you're not going to take it away from me. Listen, but I do want to say this. Not re-signing Philip Forsberg is, while we heard that there was a plan B, C, and D, yeah. um, plan B, C, and D, at least 
maybe for the team might work out okay, but I think that playing the EC or D is not good for Poil. Um, losing, hmm. you know, one of the best for, talents at forward that this team has has seen in like 25 years is uh, it's not a good look. It's not a good move. It doesn't inspire confidence. And, you know, you mentioned some other names. Maybe this is a smokescreen to go out and get some of these other players. <sighs> you know, a, a Philip Forsberg in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, there's the chance that that's what he wants to do, but you also have to attract those players to to the team to make them sign to it. And if you, for whatever reason, can't do that, um, I think I think that's I think those days are gone. I don't think there's there's a, a, as much a sentiment of that the players don't want to come to Nashville anymore. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like there's plenty of of players out there that would want to come to Nashville. So back in the day when Paul Stastny was was. Uh, said he didn't want to come to Nashville because Nashville was boring. Predators hadn't even won anything yet. Like they, they, they'd not even. The trophy case was completely empty. Not to mention Nashville wasn't even on the map yet. Like I think I, I feel like those days are done. Just, uh, just throwing that out there. Uh, you know, you could be right, but I guess I'm just saying that if you're looking to attract a player that that wants to say, you know, um, win a cup. And then you lose Philip Forsberg. Okay, that's that's a better yeah. That's that's true. You're right. I don't. I, I mean, I wasn't really looking at it from the fact that that Nash, it's the, the city as much as you know. So if you can't re-sign Philip Forsberg, what makes you think you can go out and sign uh, Johnny Gaudreau? You know, what if you can't re-sign you know this guy? What makes you think that you can go out and say to this guy, "Hey, we've lost uh, one of our best scores. Um, we need another one," or would you? you know, have more, I guess, bargaining room to say, you know, hey, we we have our the best two forward seasons or the best two scoring seasons that any of our forwards have ever had. And we've still got both those guys locked in for the next X number of years. That to me sounds like a good reason to come and join the party. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s, Alex, and I'm telling you, when people are like, hey, there's a social gathering, you should come. The first question I ask is, who's going to be there? Because mm-hmm. if there's nobody there I really want to hang out with, I'm probably not going to go. Number yeah. one, it's it's past my bedtime. Number two, um, I'm not very social anyway. So here's the thing. If you want me to come to a party, there better be some cool people there. Or I'm not yeah. coming. And if Philip Forsberg leaves, do I really want to get there just after Forsberg left? Yeah. That's a very good point. And I, uh, who who else is cool left in Nashville? I mean, like, I think I, I think is is the appeal that um, is the appeal for a a free agent interested in Nashville is the appeal playing with great players like Roman Yossi, UC Soros, Matthew Shane. Is that enough to get past? Probably not going to win a cup here in the next three years. And then by the time those guys are and, and in in three years, those guys are going to be pushing thirty five. Those guys will be toward the end of their career. Am I going to be in a place to, you know, be, am I going to be the difference maker to make them that, that good? What's their young talent look like? I'm, I'd be interested to know if if players even look at that and see like, oh, who's got a really good prospect system? Uh, I I bet they don't, but may, maybe they do. 
Probably not. I don't. I think you're right. I, I'm, I'm going to guess that as much thought as we are putting into it um, and looking at it from every angle, that uh, probably most players wouldn't do that. That's that's. Yeah. You, you're probably right. And there, there's got to be an element to um, <clears throat> this place offered me the most money or the best contract term or, mm-hmm. or you know the best chance of going someplace and staying there for seven years and being able to retire there without getting <laughs> traded you know, and having to move my family right at the end of my career. Um, maybe that's a bigger draw for them as long as they think they can be competitive. Uh, yeah. I guess the question is if, if you want to, if you want to, I guess, attract someone who is an established scorer, that established scorer probably wants to come someplace where they feel like they're going to be the, um, the guy that pushes them over, you know, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to the guy that makes the team competitive. At that stage in my career, I wouldn't want to go and be, you know, like, well, you know, if I go join this team and we ha- have a couple of good seasons, maybe they can get a few more guys and we can make a run at the cup in my last few years. I'd rather go. I can go there and we can have like three or four solid years where we have a chance to win the cup every year. Right. I guess that's, I guess that's my thinking. Then again, I am not a professional athlete. I know that when you look at me, a lot of people automatically go, wow, this guy used to be a professional athlete. But unfortunately, it is not true. I think there's probably less of a I, less of a possibility that the players are going to come here. Uh, well, I, I don't this is not really breaking any news there. Players are not going to come here because I think they have to win a cup. But I do think that players would probably think I want to go and be a part of a new movement and establish myself as a new, as as a on a team that could be rising in the very near future. And part of that is is that team one that retains talent, develops it, grows it into something great. And the Predators do not have a good history of that outside of their defensemen. And so, like yeah. forwards might not be as interested in coming because the Predators don't have a history of retaining, developing, growing forward talent into, into top, top tier talent, into winning talent basically. But however, there is a way that the Predators could uh, ignore the players wishes and uh, offer them directly and, and maybe steal one from another team via the offer sheet. We will talk about that in just a second. Before we do that, I want to talk about Relax the Back. Our friends at Relax the Back, um, if you want to work better, live better, feel better every day, you got to go to Relax the Back, 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville. Uh, You can go talk to Glenn there. He is an excellent resource for fixing any pain and talking about any issues you've got with, uh, with, with, with back pain, with neck pain, lower body, every, everything you can imagine. I know that Sean, you have checked out the uh, the chair options there, uh, um, the zero gravity position. What is it? Is that what it's called? Zero gravity. Yeah, it's the zero gravity chair. You know, and, and I, I've always you've heard that so often, right? Zero gravity, this zero gravity, that. It's it's actually the position that your body naturally goes into when you are in zero gravity. And, right. Uh, it's really supposed to take a lot of the pressure off of your back. Really help your your spine kind of kind of stretch back out to where it needs to be really decompress. And man, I wish I was sitting in one right now. And they've got a ton of options. They've got ones that are low tech and high tech massage chairs, all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, you've just got to go check out the store. A sleep agent is on hand every day to help figure out how you can sleep better and resolve any pain issues. Uh, I've been to the store. It's awesome. You've, they've got so much stuff to look at and test out. They'll let you test out anything. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. So uh, go there, learn about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy work, healthy body, and healthy mind. Okay, so there, there is this possibility of our offer sheets. So, um, you know, one of the things that has been, has been brought up recently is the Predators are unwilling to tank to get a top pick. And I think that that's actually probably it's, – it's not, it's not a terrible decision to do that because, like, there's no guarantee that you're going to get a top player like, or, or at no. least a player that's going to make a difference. Um, the, there's no guarantee you're going to get a player that's going to – make you into a you know elite level talent like Nathan McKinnon or, or Connor McDavid. Um, but there is a way to get a young, talented player and take them away from another team in their prime years. And that is via the offer sheet, which are something that, which are things that are in the CBA that do not happen that often. They just recently happened with the Carolina hurricanes. Yeah. Um, but the Predators have never offer sheeted anyone. They've never done an offer sheet before. If there's any year in which they could go after one, it would be this year. Because number one, they have the money. They have the draft capital because you have to give up some draft picks to do that. Yeah. And they've th th this, is, this is a year that they need to go get an elite level talent. They know they need this. They know they need someone out there that can, that can help them now, you know? So I'm wondering if, uh, in fact, the Predators are one of only, let's see, it's like tw maybe 18 teams, 20 teams that could actually go out and get any level of, of offer sheet possible. Because here, how it works is basically the when you go, if you make an offer to an RFA on another team and you give them a certain amount of money, the amount of money that you are offering that player can lead leads directly to you giving up draft picks to that team. So not only are you paying the player, but you're giving up draft picks to the team for taking their player. And if it gets over 10 and a half million, you're giving up four first round picks. Now that's not going to happen. There's no one out there that that value this year, that definitely won't happen. Um, there's a possibility they could get in the, what the fourth tier of it, which is a first, a second and a third, which would be like between 6.3 million and 8.4 million. So, not terribly far off from where Philip Forsberg is being valued, even though I think he, most people think he's between eight and nine. Let's say that they go offer a, I'm just going to throw Patrick Line out. Patrick Line is an RFA. Okay. Let's say they offer sheet Patrick Line at eight million a year. He makes seven and a half this year for Columbus. He played pretty well, 26 goals in only 56 games. Let's say they offer eight and a half, maybe. Or not eight and a half, eight. Let's do eight. I don't know if he okay. would sign that. Maybe that's not enough for him. But I think Columbus would not be able to match that, if I'm remembering correctly. I, don't, I think their their cap situation's not quite as friendly. Uh, let me just go check that real quick. Cap space, Columbus. Oh, no, they do have, they have quite a bit, actually. They might actually match that. So maybe that wouldn't be enough. Let's pretend that they wouldn't match it. Then the Nashville Predators would get Patrick Line for $8 million a year for any number of years, however many years they offered him, probably seven. And they would have to give up a first and a second and a third round pick to do that. 
I, I think that that kind of thing would be worth it. Patrick Line is a very, very good young talent, young talented scorer. He could really put them over the top in terms of their second line. Like the, if their sec, if their first line is still, which by, uh, let me back up a second. By the way, they could also sign Philip Forsberg as well, so they could get Philip Forsberg on the top line with Granlin and Duchesne. Then they could have Ryan Johansson with Patrick Line, maybe Ellie Tolvanen on the other side to finish wingers that can score. That would all of a sudden turn them into a actually a pretty good lead, you know, offensive team from a forward perspective because they could have Forsberg back. They could have Patrick Line in the mix. They could have Tolvanen. What are your thoughts on everything I just said? I, I really like everything you just said. I don't, you know, I'll, I'll say this about Patrick Line. A couple of things, you know, number one, he, he used to be terrifying. And I don't just I don't just mean like, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, his scoring prowess, but he's he's an imposing guy. He's he's a mm-hmm. lot bigger, I yeah, think, than most people realize. Six and five. So, you know, you you look at the identity the team's been able to establish. John Hines wants players not necessarily that are going to be aggressive, but players that um, can take a hit and keep going. And, and he's definitely a guy that can do that. I, and that- I know. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, and 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 the the other the, the biggest thing here is Patrick Line was a top pick. Yeah, was he number one? Hang on, let me double check that. Patrick Line was he number one overall? He was second overall. That's right, he was second Seems overall. Close. Second overall to Austin Matthews. That's right. That's the 2016 draft. He's second overall. So like that that would be the way for the Nashville Predators to turn a first, a second, and a third into now. I may have undervalued him here. Maybe he's worth more like nine, in which case they'd have to give up a lot more. Um, maybe his offer sheet is more like nine million and they have to give up two firsts, a second and a third. Still probably worth it because you get that guy for seven years. But anyways, I, I continue with what you were saying. I was just going to throw out there that Patrick Lanning, top pick, that's how they could get the top pick, uh, a top pick player, a top prospect without tanking for a number of well, years and look he's he's still pretty young um and i think you know maybe at this stage in his career i know there were some some concerns i don't want to call them issues alex i don't want to call them issues i know there's there were some concerns when he was much younger um about the way he was spending his time um you know away from the ice oh was there i, I didn't know that I was I was under the impression that he had received some heavy criticism for playing a lot of video games. Oh, really? When he was nineteen, I mean, people care about that. People care how much players play video games. That is so dumb. Oh, I know. I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, I celebrate yeah. the fact that Philip Forsberg is a gamer. I mean, it's really, you know, yeah. I mean, think about the other things he could be out there doing, right? right. I mean, playing video games is, is quite possibly the least harmful thing you could do. As a professional, I'm going to go play some video games, work on my hand-eye coordination, but I'm yeah. not out, you know, boozing and carousing and philandering and and doing all of these things that are going to lead to your eventual, <laughs> you know, downfall here. So, I mean, goodness gracious, the kid plays some video games. I'm sorry, he's a professional athlete making millions of dollars. The man can play some video games. He doesn't have to be training 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one, no one does that. Not even the Rock. Yeah. So. You know, there were some concerns, and I think that's one of the things, you know, that maybe a, a lag in production led to that that trade situation. Um, he's been, 
as far as I can tell, fine in Columbus, you know, but you could probably get him for 8 million. I think, you know, I don't think you're undervaluing him. I, um, I, I looking more at that. I think I'm way off. I, I think he could get more like nine and a half. Okay. okay it, this is tough. Here, here's the reason it's tough. Let me just go back into that real quick. The reason okay. it's tough is because Linus had some injury issues recently. He played, he, uh, he played 56 games this past year. Um, I'm not sure what the injury was. I, I maybe I need to um, dive more into that. I think he had. Uh, let's see. He suffered an injury at practice in January. That sounds weird. Um, and but Col- I mean Columbus was not very good, but he still scored 26 goals in in 56 games. I mean that's like what that pace. That's like a 40 goal pace at least. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, he's still very good, but he, he did have the he did have the injury thing, and he's he's also been he's already been uh, traded a couple. He's already been traded once. He was traded from Winnipeg to Columbus. He's been traded once. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to assume that the the kid is still like a an elite talent. Yeah. I, I've, just, I've not watched a single second of Patrick Line this past year. All I've seen is the stats. But based on the fact that he played for a bad Columbus team and he still was like really good. I think that's probably good. So, anyways, what I'm saying is, he signed a seven and a half million dollar contract, one year contract with Columbus. I think it was kind of a betting on himself thing. He played well. He's probably getting a pay raise. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like nine, nine and a half. Your offer sheet probably has to be a little bit higher than that in order for Columbus to to think twice about signing it. And yeah, it probably would have to be like. In fact, you might have to pay Forsberg and Line A the same. Like you have to give them like Line A. Nine and a half, Forsberg nine. So that's like 18 million, 18 to 19 million. Then you've only got five million left. Now you're running into some trouble because that would be, you probably have to trade someone away to get some cap money left. These are all, this is all just like armchair GM stuff. This is like probably not going to happen. But that is a way, the whole, the bigger point here is an offer sheet is a way to go get a top level talent from another team that they had to tank to get that you can capitalize and go yank off their team without having to go through a number of years of, of suckitude. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I, I was on, I was on the uh, locked on Preds podcast with Nick Morgan the other day. I was I on that you too. were as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I left a note for you. Did you get it? I got it. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I went, I went off on a, some kind of crazy tirade. I don't know if it was the late hour. I'm not really sure, but I was comparing a, uh, a rebuild to the Shawshank Redemption. Um, okay. And uh, what I was saying was that, you know, and I'm not going to, I don't want to go spiral into that um, darkened room of madness, you know, here. But the thing is, you know, if you look at the way Andy Dufresne earns his freedom in the Shawshank Redemption, um, it's very idealized. Mm-hmm. And I think when people think about tanking, they're thinking like, oh, two years, they're going to suck. And then they're going to end up with Connor McDavid. And it's, it's that's not only is that not a guarantee, it's, yeah. it's not even <laughs> it's not even really good odds. Right. It, more than likely, it's more than two years. And there's a pretty good chance you don't end up with a generational talent. So right. I, I don't think it's worth, you know, when you say like, or you could give up a couple of first round picks and offer sheet someone and get Patrick Line. People are going to go, oh, yeah, but that's, 
it's not worth it because in two years we could have Connor McDavid and all we had to do was suck. But mm-hmm. um, that ain't going to happen, man. And I'll tell you, look, I mean, and I know that it's specul- speculative and I know that you, maybe you think your prediction on numbers is off, but, you know, think about the finished talent on this team, right? Number one, you've got UC Soros, incredible finished goaltender. Ellie Tolvanen's on the team, Mikhail Granlund. And, and let's be real here. If you add Patrick Laine, doesn't this become Finland's team? Because do you know who, and I, I bet you're going to guess the answer to this, do you know who grabs all of the headlines in Finland when it comes to hockey players? Timu Solani. I'm, no, it's <laughs> it's clearly Patrick Laine. <laughs> Just kidding. Patrick Laine is the, is the number one Finnish sports headline draw in I Finland. I believe it. Because he's like um, the the one, the the great one, for, like the the next big thing, right? You know, I I you're right, you're right. And he, and he, dri- he could end up being. I mean, if he plays the way, if he avoids injury history, I mean, the dude's already had. He has three. Th- he had three straight thirty goal seasons, including one forty goal season. His first three years, eighteen years old, he scored thirty six. Nineteen years old, he scored forty four for Winnipeg. That was their crazy good year. He had twenty power play goals that year. He's incredibly good. I mean, the the skill is there. Um, I it could be a little pie in the sky to go to go offer sheet Patrick Liney. Let me just throw out one more. Oh shoot, I just lost my thing. Uh, let me go back to it. RFA. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I had it all pulled up and then I lost it, and now here it is again. Okay. Um, the other option would be Matthew Kachuk. I I can't see that happening. I think Calgary is going to lock him up. I I think that's sure. pretty clear. And oh yeah. Um, of course. Uh, Kevin Fiala is out there. I know, and here's the thing, Kevin Fiala, look, that's not going to happen. They're not going to go get Kevin Fiala. They, they've, the, the bridge is burned, but Minnesota would not be able to match anything. They are in cap hell. So they, anyone could offer sheet Kevin Fiala, or they could just let him, they could just maybe trade for him and sign him as an RFA. Um, some other names. Okay. Uh, Andrew Mangiapon. From Calgary, maybe they let him go. Now he's not quite the elite level talent, but he's still very good. Uh, let's see who else was on here. Oh, two guys from, um, two guys from Edmonton: Kyler Yamamoto and Jesse Puyarvi. Twenty-three and twenty-four years old wingers had decent seasons they're not those guys would be very cheap on the offer sheet front now they're not that you're not you're not even close to talking about patrick line a level here no but you could go get those guys for a lot cheaper on an rfa and i'm, I'm not sure that Ed, edmonton really is in a position to be able to match things for them as well the, now those talents are perhaps the argument would be maybe those are not offer offer sheet level talents but they would also be cheap ways to acquire Guys who have really high upside. I mean, Puyarbi, high upside, and and also he's Finnish, right? To, let me just double check that. I yeah. Think so, whoa, he has dual nationality. He's Finland. He's Finnish and Swedish. Oh, that's cool. That's even better. That's awesome. <laughs> he's so he's born born in Sweden, but I think he grew up in Finland. I think that's what what happened. Uh, Jesse Puyarbi would be an awesome option. Um, same draft year as uh, as Patrick Line, as most of these guys are the same years of draft. But 
I think there's there's just some other options. I, I, I throw out the offer sheet thing because, again, it's a way for Poyle to acquire some high draft-level talent that's already maybe proved that they can play in the NHL. If you're willing to give up a few more a few more dollars and a, a few more draft picks here, you don't have to go through a number of years of, of sucking so in order to get them. That's, that's, that's the, the takeaway with an offer sheet. I like it. I, I think it's a, a, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't, I didn't really understand the whole offer sheet process until now. And I think it's not a bad plan. Now you said that Poyle's never done one. He's never done one at all or just, Never done one. I mean, it's only been it's only been a thing since the the new CBA. Oh, okay. um, the twenty twelve C. No, it was the twenty. I guess it was the first CBA. This two thousand five one. They are very rare. Um, they, I mean, there's like not even not even one a year. I mean, like they're very yeah. very frequent. Um, the odds of it happening are probably not good, mostly because teams usually don't want to give up all the draft picks in addition right. to paying the player. Um, the Coke and Yemi thing was pretty rare for Carolina, and then that was only in response to the uh, the Sebastian Ajo thing, really. That right. whole saga was weird, but um, I, I could this is the one year that I could actually see Poyle doing it. I, I could see Poyle doing it because it would be, it would be a he's again, the, the, the conditions are right for it, he's got the money, he's got the draft capital to do it. Yeah. And he needs to do something kind of outside the box in order to um, make make this team better. Like he can't keep doing the same thing he's doing where he goes and signs these like veteran free agents for who are 34 years old and expecting them to come in and turn the team into some uh, rock solid group that goes all the way to the Stanley Cup final. That's not happening. You've got to get younger. You've got to wait, get wait, more wait. talent on the, at the forward position. So you're saying that what this team doesn't need is another injection from Dr. Rob Arachnids? Yeah, they don't need Dr. Rob Arachnids back in the back in the mix. Um, <laughs> Man, <laughs> that would that would not be the answer. Although he, maybe he gets like a front office job as you know, maybe he works yeah. in the social media. Maybe he takes uh, Brooks Bratton's old job. <laughs> oh well, maybe Brooks Bratton leaving the National Predators. That was news this week. So I saw that interested in how that job is going to be filled or if it's going to be filled at all. I don't know. Who knows? Um, so yeah. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention before we're done is there are some other more minor RFA and UFA expirations on the Preds ones that we have not talked about and are for, for instance, Jeremy Davies is a UFA. He right. would be a, he would be an RFA, but because of his age and because of the yeah. lack of playing time, he is actually a UFA. I'm kind of interested if they're going to re-sign him. I, I mean, I would think that they would, but may, maybe they're going to let him walk. I, I, that would be kind of an odd decision to let him walk, but pro probably going to re-sign Jeremy Davies. David Ferentz, Cody Glass, Tommy Novak, Cole Smith, all RFAs. All of them should receive qualifying offers, I would imagine. Um Definitely David Ferentz, Cody Glass, probably Tommy, Tommy Novak. Cole Smith seems to like be best buds with John Hines, so I'm guessing he's going to get an RFA as well. Um, 
all of those guys will be re-signed. So there's, you know, again, that's that's money. I mean, that's going to cost money. That 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 takes away from that twenty four million that the Predators need to have. But, um, so uh, m- you know, maybe maybe they don't sign Jeremy Davies because they want to go put an offer sheet in on somewhere else and they need the money. So I don't you know, know. Davies is a is a curious case, if you ask me. Uh, I feel like he was the kind of the upside aside from cap space in the Subban trade. Um, at least that's how yeah. it was kind of sold was that, you know, Hey, look that, yeah, we know Santini is, you know, probably someone that we would prefer to pay to not play for the team for a couple of years is exactly what they did. But this mm-hmm. Davies guy, he's good. I have to think that, you know, I remember him coming in during the COVID season, during the shortened um, or abbreviated season, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and, and quarterbacking the power play and yeah. doing a really good job of it. And I was really impressed with him. Oh, this guy's pretty good, I said to myself. <clears throat> but I, I, I don't know. Like, why would you resign them, resign him if you're not going to use him? And I feel like he could go somewhere and probably make the NHL roster. It would be a shame to sign him here and just keep him in the AHL. I think it would really be holding him back. Now, look, I'm... I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a plan that I'm not aware of, but it, it seems like they're pretty confident in what they have defensively going forward. Yeah. I, it would I just I don't get I don't get signing him just to keep him in Milwaukee, especially because he is unrestricted. Um, you know, you can you can save you can save some uh, money by not resigning him. Not a ton of money, but you can could, save some money. I think the biggest asset right now for him is that he's a left-handed defenseman, and they don't have a lot of those. I mean, oh. in in Milwaukee, the left-handed defenseman is Dave, it's David Ference. It's well, I'm sorry, I, sh- I shouldn't say in Milwaukee. In the minors, sorry. Uh, it, in in the prospect system, David right. Ference, Jeremy Davies, and then like a group of guys like Spencer Stastny, Mark Del Geizo, and Adam Willsby. And I don't know much about those guys, but. Um, the, the left-handed defenseman situation is not not great for the prospects. They've got a ton of right right defenseman guys. Uh, or maybe I'm thinking the other way around. I I shouldn't speak off the cuff like that. <laughs> so no, I, I think I'm right. Yeah, I think I'm, I think we're right. They, they they don't have a ton of they don't have a ton of left-handed defensemen. Jeremy Lozon is left-handed, but for some reason, Cap Friendly lists him lists him as left D and right D. I don't understand that. I don't know either. That's weird. Um, so, because like after after Yossi and Ekholm, it's like, uh, I guess Bor- Borbietsky's left hand too. Well, I don't know. I Maybe don't know. that's not a reason to keep a guy, but I, I think that stuff's kind of overrated anyways. Players play on both sides anyways. I mean, right. not very often, but they can, they can switch sometimes. Um, especially if they're power play guys like Jeremy Davies is. Yeah, Davies. Good Rome. I don't know. Oh, what's what about Cody Glass? I think I think you see him on the roster next season. Oh, for sure. I I I think I would be actually shocked if he doesn't start in Nashville next year, and yeah. and probably stick around. I think they've got to make that work. Um, I think so. I, I think he's someone that you know you you talk about who's out there, who's available. I think he's the one guy at the AHL level in this organization that you can you can bring up and have make an impact. Now he may not come in and be a 30 goal scorer, but he's probably someone that's going to come in and, and contribute. So 
Uh, and I, I really liked the uh, I really liked the line with him and and Tomasino and Tolvanen. I think if you actually gave them more than thirty minutes together, they could get some chemistry going. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, well, I think we've covered a lot. We've got a lot a lot on the books here. Forsberg yeah. offer sheets. Patrick Laine is going to be a Nashville Predator next year. <laughs> yes, I, I'm I'm here for that. I would, uh, I would, uh, I, I would buy the jersey. I, really, I, I kind of like the idea, but I almost like the the Puyarvi idea more, just because it'd be a lot cheaper. Then you could go sign other guys, but I don't know. Maybe. True. I think I think he uh, I think he has the right attitude for the team too. Who does? Jesse. Puyarvi. Yeah, I haven't right. gotten that one down yet. He has the right there. attitude for the team. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, you ever you ever watch him play? Uh, I actually, I not recently. Has he been playing in the playoffs? I'm assuming he has. I have not played much of the series. He's uh, he's just his his personality seems like it would be a good fit in the locker room. Um, okay. You know, I I watching his face when he plays. He's he's like the uh, to me. He looks like the the Danny Rojas of of, of hockey. So um, oh okay, he's very happy to be there. <laughs> hockey is life. You know, just a happy guy willing to do whatever the team kind of asked him to do. Fourth overall. I would, overall I would, take, him. I would take him in a heartbeat. He was taking two picks after Patrick Line. Yeah. I would I would I would take that action. There you go. Um all right. I think we're done. We're gonna save the rest of this discussion for uh next week. Thanks for tuning in. Um, you can check out all of our hockey coverage at abczsports.com and also go to onthefourcheck.com as well. Follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Follow Sean on Twitter at SCSOTF, and we will see everyone next week.